0: What's going on, everybody? I'm so excited to do this episode. It's one that I've, I've put it together, or like all the notes for it, I put together about a month ago. So it's been kind of sitting in the back of my head for a while, which means that there's a lot of different tangents that I'm going to try not to go off on. Um, but we'll see what happens. There's a couple of key points that I want to get into. This is an important one um, at any stage of life, but you know we're kind of focusing on people like young adults at this particular time. So, like, late teens, early 20s. and But, I mean, emotional stability is something that is always relevant. If you didn't figure it out in your early 20s, you still need to figure it out, right? Like, you don't grow out of the need to be emotionally stable. And I'm not going to spend too much time talking about why you should be emotionally stable. I think that you guys probably know that. I hope, I hope that that's a goal for you. But it can definitely seem like one of those things that is unattainable because it can feel like your emotions are more powerful than, than you. And it can also be re- really depressing, like especially if you have some kind of mental health disorder, like a mood disorder, a personality disorder or something. It can be really frustrating because it, it can feel like you don't have much control over that. And on top of that, excuse me, <coughs> on top of not feeling like you have any control, there's also the factor that. It, like, if you look out over the next 20 years and think, damn, I got to live with this forever. Like it can seem like it's not going to get better. And it's like the amount of work that you'll have to do seems incomprehensible. So I'm here to tell you, when you break it down and you just focus on a- approaching it one step at a time, it's absolutely achievable. Um, and I'm speaking from experience. I-, I used to be somebody that was extremely unstable, very emotionally unstable. Um, And I'm going to talk about that a little bit. I also feel like this episode might do very well for the simple fact that it's the perfect episode. It's the perfect title to passive aggressively send to somebody that you want to like take a shot at. Like you just send them this. Like you share this podcast to them and be like, hey, you should listen to this. And they look at it and it says emotional stability. It's like, what are you trying to say? You know, like you're, well, I'm trying to say you're nuts and like you can do that and it's going to be funny for you. And it's also going to be great for me because the more my show gets shared, <laughs> the better. And you guys do share it a lot anyway. So I do appreciate that. But, you know, by all means, send it to somebody that you think will help. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. I it, People that have met me within the last year do not believe me when I say that I used to be very unstable. People that have met me within the last three years think that I'm exaggerating, but really, when I was like, you know, 10, ten years ago, when I was in that that age range that we talked about, um, I was a mess. I really was, and and not like I'm not exaggerating. Like I I, I can't I can't even I, it would be hard to exaggerate. Like I was a chaotic person. <laughs> um, I was very much ruled by emotional issues. I, I had crazy mood swings. And part of that was just being young. I mean, like when you're, you know, 19, 20, that that ballpark, like your, your hormones are kind of doing some weird stuff anyway. And on top of that, like, you know, you're going through major life changes. You're trying to figure out who you are as a person. You're trying to deal with a bunch of stuff that you haven't been faced with before. It's easy to feel unstable, and especially because your life tends to not be very stable in that time. There's a lot of changes that happen. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. So please understand. I'm going to talk a little bit about what I dealt with, but please understand, because the biggest criticism that I get is that I'm too harsh, I'm too severe, and I don't, I don't take that as a bad thing. By the way, everybody who who messages me saying you're too mean, like that doesn't, that's not an insult to me. Like I feel like that's necessary, because the culture that we have developed is one of victimhood. It's one of meekness and not, and like a positive sense of like, I'm choosing to be, you know, to turn the other cheek, but in the sense of like, I have no power. Like I just, I'm emasculated. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm domesticated. Like I have no ability to get out there and change my environment, to take control of my surroundings or my life. And it's really sad and it's super annoying. Um, and you can see the negative effects that this is hap- that this is having on people. <clears throat> Emotional issues are one of those things. Mental health is one of those things that, like. Our culture is just propagating this belief that it's there's nothing you can do about it except traditional therapy and drugs, right? It's like you're screwed. You have it. You can only manage the symptoms, and that's just not true. The reason that that belief is catching on, though, is because people want it to be true because if it's true, if there's nothing you can do about it, then that means that there's an excuse for you to not get better. That means that I don't have to do the hard work because what's the point? Well, I can't I can't get past this there's no point so I might as well not try and that's just like the sense of entitlement that we have bred into culture is disgusting and it's, it's very harmful for people especially young people that are trying to figure out like what do I do and everyone's telling them oh it's just like you just, you just it, it is what it is like you just try to manage it and you're just gonna suffer no like you're not helping those people and so I get a little bit fired up about it and the reason I'm harsh is not because I don't empathize it's not because I don't I don't I don't relate. I've been through it too, and I'm about to share some of that. And, like, I'm not saying that I've had it as bad as anybody else. Some people have it worse than me, for sure. (sighs) When you don't have very many people in culture looking at you and saying, Look, it sucks, it's hard, you have a challenge. Like, you are actually up against something. You have some sort of disorder, or you have some sort of like serious challenge. You have something going on in your life that is difficult. However, you have to get it together yourself because guess what? Nobody's going to do it for you. And that's like the, the, the key message that I have to bring to people is that, look, you may have an excuse. We all do. At the end of the day, your results are the only things that matter, though. If you have your excuses and you say, no, 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 I'm unstable because of X, Y, Z, because I had a rough childhood, because I have this certain disorder, because I have these certain things that happen to me, because life is unfair, because somebody hurt me, because somebody did this, this, that, or the other, because of the president, because of my genes, because of whatever, you can have that excuse, but you're going to live with the consequences of feeling that way for the rest of your life. You're not going to get better. So it's not a matter of like, it, it, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's important to understand that you can complain about how hard it is all day. And maybe it is harder for you. Maybe it's not fair. The point is, though, if you don't fix it, nobody's going to. Nobody's going to come fix it for you. Like that soulmate that you're hoping is going to make everything better. They can't change you. They can't do it for you. You have to take responsibility for your healing. And that is what my message is all about, is getting people to do that. And sometimes I'm a little bit harsh because you need to be. Because nobody has had that said to them in that way before. Because everybody is coddled. Everybody is looked at. It's like, oh, well, it's okay if you're like, no. Get yourself together. I understand it's hard. But we can do this together. I've done it. Other people have done it. And I'm here to share how. I'm here to bring you the strategies. But at the same time, you have to get your mindset right. You have to start to believe that you can do something about this. That you can apply yourself in a productive way towards changing your life. And such, and like, it, like, if you don't develop that belief in yourself, like nobody can help you, okay? And I think it's really sad. And, and there's a lot of people that have given up and they don't want to acknowledge this because they don't actually want to do the work. They don't want to get better. They want to suffer because that's their identity. They would rather be uncomfortable. They would rather deal with these issues. And I've wasted a lot of time trying to fix people like that. And it is a waste of time because they're not going to get better. However, I remember being at like one of my lowest points. I was in a bad state. And somebody kind of said something along the lines of, bro, get yourself together. And it was like, I can't. And I looked at him, like I said, I can't. But I was on the inside. Deep down, there was this little spark of desperate hope. I was just pleading, like, please, God, sit here and argue with me and convince me that I'm wrong because I don't want to be right. I don't believe I can get better, but I hope I'm wrong. And I want to be that spark of light for somebody else. I don't care if I lose my whole audience. If I can get through to that one person that needs to hear you can pull yourself out of this place, that will it, this will all be worth worth it for me that's that's I don't get paid for this like i I'm not making any money of this show. I, I intentionally chose not to turn on any kind of advertisements. I might at some point, but that's just not the point of the show. The point of the show is to help people. I do this because I have suffered, I have struggled, and I have had to figure things out on my own, and I don't want other people. To have to go through that by themselves. I want them to have this kind of message. So, emotional stability is one of those things that, like, look, if you can get this down, you will make all of your life better no matter what. If you're dealing with mental health disorders, you will help that side of things. If you're just dealing with stress at work, if you're just dealing with a difficult relationship, if you're dealing with life, it doesn't matter what you're dealing with. If you can become emotionally stable, internally and externally, and we're going to talk about what that means, if you can get that down, it doesn't matter what, where you are in life, that is a tremendously valuable skill. You may not be the most successful person in the world. right? You may not be rich. You may not be with the person that you want to be with. You may not accomplish the things you want to accomplish. But if you can be happy in the process of just figuring stuff out, if you can at least keep from being miserable, you've got a pretty good leg up on people because a lot of people just can't deal with stuff that happens to them. They don't learn how to do it. And the thing is that there's strategies. Like there's things that you can do. It's not like it's not magic. Like you can if you understand how your brain works a little bit, you can overcome pretty much anything. So let's get into it. Let's talk about I'm going to share I'm going to start with a story. <clears throat> and I apologize if I sound a little bit sick. I, um, I decided to clean my stove last week, which is, like, kind of a weird thing to say. Like, what do you mean you decided to clean your stove? Were you not cleaning your stove before? Um, no, I wasn't, to be perfectly honest with you. My stove has been, like, dirty for several months now. <laughs> and it had some stuff crusted on it, like, just, like, where I had burned, like, some rice and stuff, and it boiled over. And I looked at it, and I was like, I need to clean this. So I got some pretty strong oven cleaner, and I sprayed it on. And my stove is immaculate now. It's 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 It looks great. It looks brand new. The downside is that I accidentally inhaled a lot of the stove or the oven cleaner in the process, which is kind of funny because, like, Haha, I'm an idiot. But it's it also, like, I've actually been, like, deathly ill all week. So that's the other thing, too, is that, like, if you're super emotionally unstable, I would also point out that toxins in the environment, like, if you clean with bleach, if you stand over your gas pump and you inhale gas, if you stand behind the car and inhale carbon monoxide. If you're like using a lot of like modern cleaning chemicals, a lot of artificial scents in general, those can make you unstable. They can disrupt your hormones, they can poison your brain. Um, and it's a real thing and it's one of those silent killers that we don't talk about because like people don't typically feel sick right after they get a whiff of bleach, but it can do some stuff to your brain because if it messes with the physical organic, it's going to mess with the way that you think and feel. So, just a little side note to throw out there. Well, let's start with what I went through, um, and I won't get too far into it. But <clears throat> when I was younger, when I was uh, I joined the military, when I was seventeen, and you know, you guys already know I have, you know, been diagnosed with bipolar disorder um, and OCD. So, I had been struggling with both of those things beforehand, but being in this environment made it much worse. And there's a couple things that i want to talk about with that one is that i was psychotic (laughs) i was all over the place i was horribly depressed and when i was depressed i was just hopeless like i was i like nothing mattered nothing can make me feel better and then i get those manic episodes that would last for a little while and then it was like i'm unstoppable like i think of anything that i could possibly do and i feel absolute certainty that I can do that, I can accomplish that, and like it's basically done. Like I just have to to start out, and I feel that about everything all at once. And so I start with like all of these different ideas and projects. I'm gonna do all this stuff, and then of course like I can't do them because I'm a human being, and it's like you try to focus on one thing. It's like you can't because you're too like nuts for a little while. It's like you're too all over the place, you're too scatterbrained, and it's so like you can't focus on anything long enough to get it done. You're taking on all these projects, so now you fail at everything. So now when you fall back into depression, you have, like, this huge list of things like, oh, my goodness, look at all this stuff I failed at and, like, reinforces it. Not to mention I was drinking a lot at the time, um, and I was just not in a good place. Like, I wasn't, like, taking care of myself physically. I was doing what I needed to do to survive in the Marine Corps infantry, but I wasn't, like, going out of my way to take care of myself. I wasn't eating well. I wasn't sleeping well, and um, I wasn't even, like, drinking enough water, like, simple stuff like that. And so, like, I wasn't watching my negative thoughts either. So I'm dealing with these crazy mood swings, and I'm dealing with, with like, these uh, outbursts of rage, and then followed by depression, and then followed by the manic. And it's just, like, constant back and forth. And I've, I snapped several times. Like, I actually lost my, my like, mind, and like just went crazy and, like, had, like, little meltdowns, like, over stupid things. So, like, I like, have, like, a panic attack, and just, like, freak out and throw stuff everywhere, destroy my room and, like, freak out. So it's, like, I was a little bit out there when I was younger and I didn't want to be that way but I felt completely helpless I didn't feel like I could do anything to to, to fix it I felt like and I've had this like victim mentality that's like I can't do anything about my brain there's a chemical imbalance okay so I'm telling you this just so that you understand that like one I've been in that place two I pulled myself out of it I fixed it and it was a long process it was not easy it was was difficult I'm gonna talk about how I did it so one is possible Um, Well, one, I felt that two is possible. Three, and I made this case before, I'm I'm really big on trying to help people with mental health issues. However, I refuse to accept anything of that nature as an excuse for not living your life. Because yes, I was dealing with this stuff. And I was like an absolute chaos in my personal life. But I was still productive at work. I still showed up and did what I needed to. Um, I couldn't keep a relationship because I was like, you know, a Debbie downer all the time and I was all depressed and bummed out over everything. It's like nobody wanted to be around that. But like, I still, I still made it into the military. I still made it through all the training. I still showed up at work. I was still moderately successful. I wasn't exceptional, but I was, I was a, a little bit above average. Um, so it's like, I, I still showed up and did the things that were important to me. Okay. That's why when people come to me and say like, well, I can't do this because I'm depressed. I don't accept that as an answer. And it's not because I'm not sympathetic. It's because it's like, it, it doesn't matter how you feel. It really doesn't. Like, it matters what you do, right? Like, I was sick this week because I poisoned myself. I felt like I was dying. I thought, actually, for a minute that I might have COVID again. Um, oh, crap, I shouldn't have said that word. I'm going to get this show taken down now. I, I may have had <clears throat> something again. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't get censored. Um, but I, I really felt truly horrible. And why? Because I poisoned myself, right? I still went to the gym every day. I still was making calls. I was still making phone calls every day. I was still, um, you know, doing cold calls all day, going out, writing appointments with clients. I was still going to the gym afterwards. It's like, I didn't feel like it, but I still did it. And that's really the key. That's like the secret sauce of everything is the ability to discipline yourself, to behave in the way that, that in, in the best way possible, to behave in a way that is going to get you what you want, regardless of how you feel. That is the most important step, and it's the, I think it's the first step. Now, we're going to talk about a lot of different strategies. We're going to talk about like in-depth stuff. If you don't accept the fact that you are going – like if you're dealing with emotional issues, you're emotionally unstable, you have to just accept the fact – There's no easy answer. You are going to have to do things that you don't feel like doing. You are going to have to accept the fact that I feel XYZ, I feel angry, I feel hurt, betrayed, I feel depressed, I feel anxious, I feel anger, rage, whatever. However, I still have to behave in this way. I still have to go to work and be nice to people. I still have to treat my partner with respect. I still have to treat my body with respect. I still have to to take care of myself. I still have to do the the things around the house that need to be done. I still have to show up and, and go after the things that are important to me. I can't just wait until I feel good and go do those things. I have to be consistent. Okay, that's the most important thing. And I know you're thinking, well, that's not what I wanted to hear. I know. I get it. You wanted an easy answer. The thing is, what you're going to do, one, if you develop the self-discipline to do the things that you don't want to do, that's going to help you with everything, first of all. You, you have to do that. You, ha- you have to do that if you're going to be successful. But on top of that, once you start to get a hold of your actions, that, that's an external thing that's going to start to reflect into your internal world. So you start to master your reactions to people. Well, guess what? Like, let me use this as an, as an example because i dealt with somebody who was very like he was who was intentionally trying to get under my skin and make me emotional for a long time and we've we've talked about this before um but when i when i i i realized i can't like just turn off the reaction i have to this person i can't just not feel anger when they when they do certain things when they say certain things i can't just not feel upset when they say things that they know are going to trigger me i hate using that word because it's you know, anyway, but, like, I can't just not feel this way. What I can do is I can change the way I react. And so I, I, can, I can get control. It's like I can be in a, just a fury, but I'm not going to show it to this person anymore. I can be genuinely upset. I can want to cry. I'm not going to give them the satisfaction, though. I'm not going to give them anything to feed into. I'm going to see what happens. And what I learned is that after you get, like, the habits down of not responding emotionally – the actual emotional reaction within you starts to subside you start to not react in the same way anymore because you're reconditioning your nervous system to understand that hey this burst of like supercharged energy that i was throwing out there is not necessary because no matter how upset because the unconscious the body is going to is, is saying not literally but it's like this is basically the process is that like you you see something that happens to you right or you have a thought something comes upon you and you overreact to it right you have this emotional um chaos that 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 wells up inside of you why is that happening well your body is preparing yourself or is preparing itself for something right like emotions are there for a reason They're, they're there to get you to do stuff they are you have emotions to motivate you like you have hunger to get you to eat right you feel lust because the species wants to survive. The, the genes inside of you want to propagate. You feel anger because if you don't have any anger, then you become a pushover and people take advantage of you. People take your stuff and like you die out of the gene pool. It like you sometimes need that little bit of anger to motivate you to get up and like do something. Now obviously it could become a balance pretty easily, but like that's it's there for a reason. Depression. People look at depression like, oh, there's something wrong with me if I'm depressed. Maybe. There could be, and I, like, that's, that's a whole separate episode, but a lot of times, too, depression is a, is a warning sign that you're doing something wrong, and it's like you look at the artificial lives that we, li- that we live, these disconnected lives where we're just fixated on pursuing pleasure endlessly, and it's like we're not meant to live that way. Of course we're depressed. We're, not, we're surrounding ourselves in an environment that's not good for us. Like, it's normal. If you have are not striving towards improving anything, you don't have anything to look forward to, and you're not bettering yourself, and you're not taking care of yourself, and you're depressed, well, like, you should be. Because, like, that's your body saying, hey, this isn't right. We can do better. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you to get out of this by moving. By the way, let me share a quote um, by Pythagoras. This is one of my favorites. I was going to do this at the end, but I'm going to do it now. It's because it came up. Um, where did it go? Pythagoras said, concern should drive us into action and not into a depression. So if you look at your life and like, let's say that you're, you're struggling. I'm going to read it again. Concerns should drive us into action and not into a depression. If you are struggling with mental health issues with like emotional instability with whatever, and you're looking at thinking, man, this is an insurmountable obstacle. What am I going to do about this? I can't possibly overcome this monster. I can't climb this mountain. This it's too much. There's no way I can do this. Look, That fear, that concern, it shouldn't make you feel like, oh, well, there's no point. I'm going to give up. It shouldn't drive you into depression. It may feel depression at first, but it should drive you into action. That fear that, like, you should look at it and say, whoa, this is a big obstacle. If I don't take charge of it now, I could live like this forever, you know? Like, and that's the reality. If you don't take steps towards healing yourself, towards fixing your problems, you absolutely are going to be stuck. There's no way around that. That's why that's why I get so fired up, and I like I get so severe and harsh with people. With people, excuse me, is because I want to light a fire under you. I want to kick you in the ass a little bit. I want to motivate you because if you don't get that, if you're like, well, I'll get I'll get past it eventually, or whatever, it's like, well, maybe it'll work out. It's like I can't do anything about it anyway. Like, no, it's not going to change until you do. Right, and what's funny is that, like, when you're standing still and you're just like you're at the mercy of your mood swings. For example, I'm I'm keep saying that because that's the point of this episode. When you're at the mercy of your instability, it feels like you can't do anything. But once you start taking steps and you start taking action, and you start to feel that you get slightly better, it's a marginal improvement. But you realize, huh? Actually, I can make myself feel better. I can do something. Maybe that was a lot of work, and it's only slightly better. But hey, it's slightly better. You start to feel empowered. You start to get like some some dopamine in your system, like ooh, like I can go after this. Like this, this I can do something. I can sink my teeth into this. I can be proud of this, right? Look, your life, your story is going to be boring if you're not challenged with anything. If you're sitting there thinking, oh, this isn't fair. I don't want to deal with this. Tough. You got to. But guess what? That's going to be a good story for you to overcome. I look back at all the stuff that I overcame, and I'm like. Why did I have to get, like, this hand dealt to me of, like... I honestly sometimes worry, it's like, why do I have so many issues with mental health? But it's like, when I look at it, I think, well, you know what? The positive side is that I actually know what it's like to experience this. That means that when I go to help people, one, I understand how important it is to try to help people, and two, it's like, I can speak from experience now. Okay, so discipline is going (laughs) to... I know I preach this a lot, but it's, it's because it's true. And I know that that's not what you were hoping for when you turn on this episode It's like, I'm not suggesting that you just bottle up your emotions and don't feel them. Or you just like, don't worry about it. Like you're going to feel bad. Just, 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 just don't react. You'll be fine. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that that is a step that you have to take because do you know who does not have any discipline over themselves? Do you know who does not have any control over their emotions? Children, little babies, and am saying, okay, that sounded a little bit too derogatory. I meant legitimately like young children and, and babies. If you've seen a kid get mad, oh, oh, you can see the look on their face. Like, it just, they are rage. <laughs> There's nothing else there. It's not like, I'm mad, but I also still love you. It's, no, I'm angry. I am I am pissed, right? And if they're happy, then they're super happy. And everyone's like, oh, kids are so innocent. They're just so carefree. Well, they're experiencing one emotion at a time. If they're happy, they're they're very happy. If they're upset, though, they're very upset. And they can be violent. Like, kids are violent. Kids scream and hit and punch and, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, most of us, by the time we're about four or so, start to get some handle on that. And then we, we slowly grow out of the temper tantrums. Um, some people, though, they may get a decent handle on the reaction, but they can't seem to get it to the point where they – They get a a handle on the actual experience so maybe they're not literally throwing a temper tantrum although I have seen adults do this and just to, to be fair like my smoke alarm goes off when I cook sometimes and the word temper tantrum could be used to describe my reaction on occasion so I'm not saying I'm perfect but that's that's the point that I'm making here is that like if you feel like little things just set you off to an unbelievable level like that's a real that's a hell It's hell to live like that. It really is. And the first thing that you need to do is understand that, look, regardless of how I feel, I still have to take responsibility for how I behave. And so if you're in this mindset that like, no, 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 I can't be in a relationship because I haven't gotten a handle on this. No, no, no. I can't hold this job because I am too anxious or whatever. I can't go out into the world. I can't live out on my own. I have to stay with my parents because of this. No, I don't accept that. Because I dealt with all this stuff, too, and I still went and I did many things that were very difficult in and of themselves with this mental health issue. Am I saying that to like, oh, look what I did? I'm saying it because it's like it's possible. I'm not alone in that by any means. There's a lot of people that do that, that choose to just get up and do what's important to them. So you can't use it as an excuse to not do something. Um, You have to expose yourself. (coughs) Excuse me. You have to expose yourself to the things that are going to stress you out. Not necessarily, like, go seek them out, but you you can't hide from them. Make some water. One of the things, strategies that I see with people a lot, and it's a bad one, and I'm going to explain why. It's like they deal with some kind of mood disorder or, like, even something like just, like, fear, like anxiety. And they just get overwhelmed by this anxiety or this this whatever. And they approach it by saying, well, I'm not going to pick a job that's stressful for me. Or I'm going to not be in a relationship because I need to work on myself. So this is a terrible strategy. I'm going to isolate myself. I'm not going to go out with friends because I need to learn how to be stable first. Look, if you're hiding yourself away from the world and you're removing anything that could possibly stress you out, and you're only stable or relatively stable in that environment, you are not stable. And I promise you, you're not learning anything because you're not being challenged. You have to go through life as it is. And you have to just practice dealing with it as it comes. And again, nobody likes to hear that, but it's just a reality. You have to be out there in the world, being around other people who can look at you, especially if you have good friends. And like, not everybody does, I get that. But if you have people that look at you and say, you're, you're being crazy, stop. That's like one of the best things that you can have because it's a sounding board. It's something, it's a reflection, like, or excuse me, it's a mirror that's being held up to you to say, oh, that's where the boundary is. I can't do that. I shouldn't do this. You know, I get angry, but I can't treat people this way because then they don't want to be around me anymore. And it's like, you can't figure out where those boundaries are if you don't have people around you. So let's talk about, and like what we're talking about here is we're touching on something. Let's get into it a little bit more depth. We're talking about the difference between the internal and the external. Okay. So the internal side of things is what I talked about earlier when I was talking about how I had these crazy mood swings and I didn't really express them all the time, although I would, I would certainly explode sometimes, but it's like, you're not necessarily behaving too erratically, but you're just overwhelmed by this internal sense, okay? That's one thing. The external stuff is more along the lines of things happen to you that have the potential of disrupting your mood. And it's like, you've got to figure out how to deal with the internal stuff, and you've got to figure out how to not let the external stuff that happens to you affect you anymore. So those are the two main things. So the internal stuff, uh, and and both of them, like, same strategies, but they're slightly different. So you're going to look at, like, External things, I think, are a lot easier because you can turn to things like philosophy. You can turn to things like, look, when this negative thing happens, I'm going to do this, right? And I have a bunch of philosophy quotes, which is why I had that Pythagoras thing pulled up because I was going to read some off. Um, you know, the greatest anger for, or excuse me, the greatest remedy for anger is delay. That's Seneca. And it applies to everything. If you're having an emotional outburst and you're like, you feel like super overwhelmed for a minute, the best thing you, you can do is to just not react and just to wait. If you can tell yourself, I just need to wait for a minute, like the emotional charge will subside because your body's trying to ready you for action. Remember what we talked about? They're there. The emotions are there for a reason. Your body's readying you for action and you're saying, no, I don't need to take action or whatever action I need to take. I need to do this with a clear head. And so you retrain your nervous system by by staying outwardly calm, you train yourself to become inwardly calm because your unconscious looks at that as, oh, I was getting geared up to take some sort of, you know, drastic measures. But he or she is saying, No, 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 we're not gonna do that. And it's looking to you for advice. Your unconscious is always looking to your conscious mind for direction. Okay. That's why like when you do something wrong once or twice, it's like all of a sudden it's a bad habit. Why? Because the unconscious was listening. It was watching. It was saying, what do we do in this case, in this scenario? And so it, it watches, and you do something that you didn't want to do, and the conscious has got it. And now it's a habit. Now it's unconscious. Now it's automated. And you don't even know that you do it anymore. Like, man, where did this bad habit come from? You did it. You made the mistake. And then you forgot about it because it becomes, it becomes your default. So you need to change your default. You need to change the way that you respond to situations. And it's really that simple. And it's not easy, but it's simple. And there's things that you can do. You can, you can focus on breathing techniques. You can find what I did that helped tremendously is I found a bunch of quotes by philosophers, especially the Stoic philosophers. And I would just remember them and I would repeat them. People do this with um, scripture. They do this with Bible verses or whatever religion that you um, you know are a part of or whatever resonates with you. Uh, maybe it's quotes from people that you know, that you care about. Whatever it is, find some things that work for you. Um, you could leave this, you could leave life right now. Let that determine what you do say and think. That was a big one for me. That's Marcus Aurelius. And it was like putting in perspective, it like if you just read that, it, it doesn't change anything. But if every time you are confronted with a overwhelming situation, if I you force yourself to say, before I do anything, let's remember something. I could die <laughs> today how would that change what I'm going to say next? And you think about it like in perspective, does that do anything for me? Maybe. Okay. Um, Cause I feel a little bit different about this, right? Um, you know, begin to live at once and count each day as a separate life. That's Seneca, you know, if I say, look, this thing that happened a couple minutes ago, I'm not proud of the way I overreacted, but I'm going to, I'm going to start over right now. I'm not going to let that drag me down. I'm going to decide, okay, yes, I screwed up. However, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm letting it go as quickly as possible. And what that does is instead of dwelling on your mistakes, dwelling on this negative emotion, you recover from it faster, right? Because you could have a a, a mental breakdown. You could have that moment where you spin out of control, and then it ruins the rest of your day because you feel bad for the rest of the day. Whereas, like, look, you know, somebody messaged me recently, and they said, Jack, I love your advice. I just keep forgetting to apply it. And I thought that's stuff. So, that's so true. It's like this makes sense until you get out into the the, the heat of battle. You know, when I was um, training in martial arts, it's a big thing. It's like you practice the stuff. You know, like the the different kicking and punching combinations. You practice all these different like maneuvers and all these different like um, this all this different stuff. But then you get and what did Mike Tyson say? is like, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. And it's like when you get into it, it, like you don't you can't think about all that stuff anymore. That's why you have to think about it beforehand, and you have to you have to come up with a, the simplest strategy that you can possibly think of and just fixate on that and train it, practice it, right? So you practice it with the little things. You say, you know what, from now on, every time I get stressed, I'm going to train myself to wait and just breathe for a little while for 10, 15 minutes, right, for five minutes, whatever you have to do. And then, you know, somebody cuts you off in traffic. It's like, oh, it's okay to yell at that person then, right? It's okay to get stressed out. No, it's not. Because you're setting a habit that you're somebody who reacts, who is volatile to something that's very inconsequential. Like, if somebody cuts you off in traffic, is that a big deal? No, it's really not. It affects you for a couple seconds. You have to suddenly slam on the brakes. Like, okay, that's it. Like, and, then, and then it's over. But people will get into a blind fury over that, And when I say people I mean me (laughs) like it's it's hard not to get caught up in that stuff and it's so stupid like what is this gonna do for you well it's not logical it's emotional and that's why it's called you know that's 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 the definition of it Um, who was it that said that emotional emotionality is the enemy of rational thought, or something like that I think I can't remember I think it was something to that effect it's like look if you're in a highly charged emotional state, you're not going to make good decisions, right? And that's nothing, that's nothing new. Um, but the thing is that when you get worked up like this, everything seems equally important to you. Because when you're in a state of panic, you're, you gauge the different threat levels of things that could happen to you as being equally likely. So if you're very calm and relaxed and peaceful and somebody says something rude to you, it may upset you a little bit but it might not be that big of a deal if however you're in an emotional state you're worked up and you're like in a state of like fear and anger and somebody says make that makes that comment to you it seems like a much bigger deal than it is right because you're you're that's that's the frequency that you're tuned into right um same thing with like anxiety like anxiety makes you think makes you think that everything that could go wrong will go wrong. And also that all of those things that could go wrong are equally likely to go wrong. And that is what really freaks people out. Cause it's like now the threat level of everything rises to a hundred percent and they're surrounded by it. When in reality it's like, yeah, there's all these things that could happen. Most of them probably won't, but you live in a, in a state as if it's going to happen, which, which stresses you out, which makes them ironically more likely to happen. All right. What is my next note? One of the most important things with this, and this is more important than any strategy, than any like, like one thing, and that, that's the thing. You guys might have noticed that like I'm I didn't say, here's the bullet points that you do. Focus on your meditation. Focus on your breathing exercises. Focus on blah, blah, blah. Let me just go through some of those. I'll, I'll throw them out there just so I can say I did. But look, here's the thing. You can Google that in five minutes. What people don't talk about is why it's so hard. And people don't talk about the fact that you can do those things and then you're still going to struggle, right? Now, look, if you are not getting enough sleep, if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be super stable, right? Or if, even if you are, you're gonna, it's going to be more of a struggle. Here's some quick things that you can do. Meditation practice, journaling practice. Um, they will help if you are consistent with them. They're not going to magically solve anything. I've seen people try to fix serious emotional issues with a journaling practice. I hate to break it to you. It's not going to work. Because guess what? The journaling practice is a discovery process. It helps you reflect. It helps you get down to the root causes of what's going wrong. But until you confront those things in a real-world environment in a different way than you used to, you handle them better, nothing is going to change. Because you haven't changed anything. If you're sitting in your room, figuring things out, meditating. I love meditation. I meditate. I used to make the mistake of thinking that if I meditate enough, I won't be stressed out anymore. It's nonsense. You have to go into the world and take, what did I learn in meditation? What is that sense of calmness and peace? I have to try to find that as this ridiculously dumb customer is yelling at me as this person is cutting me off in traffic, as my smoke alarm is going off, even though there's nothing burning. <laughs> you know, like you have to take, you have to apply this stuff. Um, some other things, exercise, diet. Um, you can create the, the symptoms of pretty much every mental health disorder with bad diets, because guess what? There's lots of chemicals and stuff in your food and in, in processed food. And what creates a chemical imbalance? Well, a lot of things. But if you're actively putting chemicals into your body, indiscriminately, you can't be surprised when you're a little bit off, right? Like you can't be surprised. <clears throat> Sleep is extremely important. If you go to a psychiatrist, and they prescri- and you're like, you're depressed, you're emotional, you're having mood swings, you've got, you know, symptoms of bipolar disorder, or extreme anxiety, depression, and they don't ask you how you're sleeping before they prescribe you drugs, you don't have a psychiatrist, you have an idiot with the ability to prescribe drugs. Like, That's, it's so important. Like, I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you don't need something. I'm just saying that if somebody doesn't take the time to figure out what's going on in your life, they're not interested in helping you. They're interested in putting a bandaid on it and moving on. And you need to be careful with that. Um, Again, not saying don't, don't pursue that. Just like be mindful of the fact that like there could be issues as simple as sleep deprivation. If you're 22 years old and you're going out drinking every night, and you're you're getting three hours of sleep and you're not going to the gym you're not eating healthy you're not drinking a lot of water you're watching a lot of porn a lot of tiktok and binging netflix and you're like oh my goodness i'm anxious and depressed what's going on i must have i must need medication no you need to like live a decently healthy life get some sleep dude go to sleep go to bed on time (laughs) take some melatonin fall asleep at 10 o'clock wake up at a when you need to do that for a few weeks and tell me that you don't start to feel better. Right. And you know what, if you fix all that stuff and you still need help, like get help, I'm not saying don't, I'm just saying that like you can cause a lot of issues by not taking care of your, your body because your body is physically processing your thoughts and emotions. You have to, you can't skip that step. Okay. So look at your lifestyle Unpopular opinion: People don't like to hear this. People tune out when I start talking about this. Like, oh yeah, I know. We know. We know. Yeah, I know. I need more sleep. I know I should stop drinking. Then fucking stop. Like, if it's hurting your mental health, if it's hurting your your ability to to be active in the world, stop. Stop looking for drugs. Stop looking for an easy solution. Get yourself together. All right. Moving on from that, growth mindset. Most important thing besides, I mean, well, equally important to discipline. No matter how bleak it seems, no matter how difficult it seems, how depressing it is, I promise if you take it with the mindset like, look, I'm in a bad spot. I'm in this valley, in the valley of the shadow of death. Um, I'm in this I'm in, I'm in this dark place. What am I going to do? I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. You don't have to see the whole staircase. You just have to take the first step, right? I just have to say, I don't have to know how I'm going to overcome this this monster. I just have to know that, look, if I pick a strategy and I work at it consistently, I will make some progress, and then I'll learn new strategies. As I go, I'll figure out some stuff. I'll develop new coping mechanisms that are healthy. I will figure, I will develop my personal discipline, my, my willpower. I'll get better at this, and as I start to do that, I'll start to be able to discriminate between, um, well, discern, probably a better word, Um just semantically, I would be able to discern between when I should bottle things up and just deal with it versus when I should process things. And I think that society has gotten overly fixated on processing emotions. You have to process emotions. You will never hear me say, bottle things up and keep them there forever unless I'm joking, okay? And I, sometimes people don't realize that I'm joking. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it a point. I will make that joke because I think it's funny. However, I'm not serious about it. Like you, you it's, especially when it's directed to men, like you, you have To process your emotions however you don't have to process them right now like if you're in a stressful situation and you're overwhelmed you don't have to sit down and say well what do i feel you (laughs) have you don't have to do that when you get home that night you should probably think back on, okay let's release what i need to release what's like kind of let go of the stuff let's feel the anger that i felt and then let it go so i don't bottle it up whatever do that but our society has gotten very fixated like it's, it's part of the new age spirituality crap like oh, we need to just just be, just feel, just experience and manifest. Bullshit. It's all bullshit. Look, you do need to feel your emotions. You need you do need to learn to deal with them in a healthy way. But the idea that controlling your emotions is some kind of like toxic masculine um, I, I, ideal of self destruction is absolutely destructive it's 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 idiotic because look what's the alternative if you say no 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 you shouldn't be trying to control your emotions what you're saying is that your emotions are going to control you like that's the opposite that's that's the only other thing that you could possibly mean so when, when, like, people criticize me for this all the time. I say, listen, you need to control your emotions. People are like, oh, yeah, such a, such a guy thing to say. It's like, what is the alternative to let your emotions control you? Do you want to live at the whim of your impulses? Because think about what your emotions are. Think about it. Like, that desire to suddenly, like, lash out at somebody, that desire to hurt somebody, the desire to become, that, that anger that you feel, that lust that you feel for somebody other than your partner, the greed that you feel, the hunger, <laughs> the cravings, right? The laziness, the fear. These are all emotions and they serve a purpose and they should not be ignored. They need to be respected. However, they make a terrible master. They should not control you. If you allow yourself to be controlled by emotion, you're a child. It's, it's immaturity. That's all it is. You are a child because guess what? Kids do that. When kids get angry, they scream and throw a temper tantrum. When they get happy, they're happy. When they get sad, they're sad. When they want something, they cry. When they don't get it, they cry harder. Like, do you want to be a child? No, you don't want to be a child. You want, you want to be healthy. You want to be stable. And so you, that comes with this, this acceptance of the fact that, hey, life is going to be tough. You're not going to feel like doing these things all the time. But you have to do the work, right? Like You just have to make the decision that you're going to do better. And now, look, sometimes people, that's another thing people criticize me for. Uh, They say, you can't look at somebody with mental health disorders and say, just get yourself together. Just pull yourself together. You can't say that. Why the hell not? I've suffered with it. I'm not saying, hey, it's easy. Just fuck up and deal with it. I'm saying, hey, look, you have it. It is what it is. You can choose to stay stuck or you can choose to start making progress despite the challenge. That's the decision you have to make. You're going to suffer if you stay there. You're going to if you're crazy emotionally unstable and I say, hey, get yourself together. Well, that person has BPD, that person has bipolar disorder. You can't say that. Well, okay, fine. Stay there and suffer. Tell tell, tell them to stay there and suffer. Tell them to get on medication and give all of their power away. To put all of their only hope of salvation in a pill tell them to do that that's your strategy right that's the alternative that's the only alternative to suffer or to put your hope in somebody else guess what other people are going to fail you right you're going to let yourself down sometimes but at least you have the power to keep going at least you have some control over that at least you can feel proud of the effort whereas if you decide that well i can't do anything about it it is what it is don't tell me that I need to try harder because it's 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 just you don't understand my challenge. No, I don't. Nobody does but you. However, you get to be hurt or you get to make progress. You can have the experi you can have the pride of victimhood and you can have this emotion or you can have the pride of overcoming a challenge. And that's really the the decision that you make. Do you want to stay here and stay stuck or do you want to work on getting yourself together? Never have I ever said that this is going to be easy, or it's as simple as, like, well, just stop being sad. (laughs) Just don't be angry. No, that would be stupid. (laughs) I would never say that, because I know how hard it is. I'm saying that, look, despite the fact that it's hard, it's worth doing. So start taking the first step. Start deciding that I'm not going to let myself be emotionally unstable. I'm going to start developing my discipline, my willpower, and I'm going to start controlling it. Now... There's strategies that you can use to to not do that, like it to to make it easier for you. If you're living a lifestyle that makes you more prone to mental or to emotional instability, you need to fix that, right? You need to get a healthy sleep schedule. I know I'm talking to young adults. It's like, stop going out, party, stop drinking, stop, stop smoking weed, stop doing that stuff. Like that's not gonna be a popular opinion. And some of you will have listened listen to me, some of you will maybe hopefully listen to me one day. But at some point, like these are things that people said to me and I may have taken them and like done them and honestly a lot of it I didn't but what's crazy is that at some point in my life I came to this moment where I realized I don't want to be like this anymore I hit my breaking point and I stopped doing those things and guess what my life suddenly changed the amount of growth that I have made in the last couple years is staggering if you had told me 10 years ago that I would be helping people become more emotionally stable I would have been in shock like, you're from the future, so I'll probably believe you. But I'm I would. So I'm not going to say I wouldn't believe you or that I would laugh at you because I'd be like, you know, I've always had that hope that, like, I could get better. But I would not have been able to fathom how That's because that's not the place I was in. So the fact that I have been able to overcome this and get better, it's very encouraging because it tells me, like, I had nothing, like, special about me. So that means that other people can do this too. And that's that's really encouraging. So I'm excited to share this message that if you just stay consistent and approach it with a growth mindset with the understanding that you don't have to have it all figured out, but you have to start. And that's it. You just have to approach every single day with the mindset that I can get a little bit better. Just a little bit better every single day and eventually that will compound and add up to the point where I'm suddenly fine. You know, maybe it's like I'm struggling with addiction and you know, alcohol abuse, I'm struggling with this toxic relationship, I'm struggling to get myself into shape, I, I can't get the, take care of my body, I've, I'm stressed out from work, I'm, I've, I just left my home, and I'm trying to figure out life, and everything's really difficult, and everything's really important to me, and everything's very immediate, because I'm 22, I'm 21, I'm, I'm 18, and it's like, this seems like a big deal to me now. At some point, you will realize, you will realize that one, You can actually get a handle on this stuff. And then those big deal, all that stuff that seems like a big deal. And, And over the next 30 years, it's not that big of a deal. And you'll start to get a little bit of perspective. And you'll start to realize that if I just attack this one day at a time, these insurmountable obstacles start to kind of disappear. They dissipate because I attacked them. And now they're a little bit smaller. And now I have more energy to attack them with even harder. And that builds and grows and snowballs out. And I ended up with a lot of energy attacking very small problems. And they just disappear. And it's like, I've got all this stuff that's making me unstable. But it's like you start dealing with those one at a time. You start to, to get a handle on your drinking. You start to get, build a little bit of stability into your finances. You're less stressed in general. So now you have more energy to put towards just dealing with emotional issues, right? You get out of that toxic relationship. Now you have a lot of time on your hands. It's like, okay, what can I do with this? Well, I can go find people that are actually good for me. I can go use this to read about, you know, the stuff that I'm struggling with. I can research. I can learn. Okay. Running out of time. Let me get some water. I feel like I was in the middle of a rant and I just stopped. I don't know. I feel like... There's an anti- comatic thing there um, start small because if you when you learn to trust yourself a lot of the instability comes down to like that sense of overwhelm like especially when it comes to to things like fear um, like let's say that you're you, you want to be in a certain job or industry and you get overwhelmed with fear you want to be in a relationship but you're scared you're gonna get hurt you want to be um You want to be successful at something, but you're afraid that you're not going to stay committed to it. When you start attacking the little problems, piece by piece, what happens is that you start to trust yourself. And when you trust yourself, you learn, ironically, that the fear kind of goes away a little bit because it's like you're still worried that those things are going to happen to you, but you trust yourself to get through it. So it's not as big of a threat. Um, A good example of that is I, for a long time, did not want to date anymore Um, because I kept getting hurt and like, it took me so long to recover. And then at some point I learned how to process emotions in a healthy way. I learned how to let go of that stuff and I learned how to like recover and to bounce back after, after a bad breakup. And suddenly I'm not that afraid anymore to, to like, to put myself out there and to take a chance. Cause like, I know I'm going to get hurt, but I also know that it's not going to destroy me because I've recovered from this several times before. So I know that I can do it again. Right. Same thing. Um, with like fighting for example i'll go back to that example because i used to compete um you know it's like it's scary to get in there and, and to, to fight with somebody but once you get beat up a few times and you realize you know what that sucks but like i'm okay it's like okay you know i throw me back in there and then you get back in there and now you have this sense of abandon it's like okay like i'm not afraid of anything anymore i'm not holding back and suddenly you have a lot more energy and power to bring to the table So learn to trust yourself by dealing with these little issues, okay? So maybe, you know, it it comes down to just those those tiny victories, but you fixate on them and you celebrate them and you put your attention on them and you let them grow. You nurture them. You bring energy to what you want to develop. And so in this case, it would be the small wins. and You grow them into big wins. You spend more time learning to reflect on yourself. Okay, this is where like I know I was like making fun of journaling earlier. I wasn't making fun of the act of journaling. I was making I was I was making the point that you know it in and of itself is not going to help you. But if you never sit down in a rocking chair to watch the sunset and think about your life, you're not going to pick up on a lot of lessons that you otherwise could. If you don't take the time to actually reflect on your day, reflect on the last few years, which can be hard to do if you've been through a lot of trauma, if you've been through a lot of stressful things. Um, I remember when I was when I was trying to get sober, one of the things that really was very painful is that I had stuff from like several years ago that I was, had not processed. And I like hadn't ever stopped to think about like that was messed up like that that happened to me and I just never stopped to think about it. And so I'm dealing with all this stuff all at once, and it's like you're just unloading everything, right? And that's kind of a common thing that happens to people when they start to like get serious about healing. Um, and it's a, it's 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 not it's outside the scope of this episode, but you know, one of those things is that like I just hadn't reflected in years, and it's really important. But it goes beyond just reflecting for the sake of like remembering what happened to you. It's it's developing a sense for. Um, your what do you say um for for your patterns for your like you look at the long term and you look at the short term because you may miss something like if you just look at your day-to-day you may miss something that you're doing repeatedly if you look at the long term you may it may seem like oh well things just don't seem to be going right for me it's like if you don't look at them together you may miss the patterns you may miss the things that you're doing wrong and i think that like People underestimate how much lifestyle has an impact on their emotional health, on their emotional stability. It's like when there's not much to stress you out because you've put yourself in a good position, you're not going to be as stressed out. And it's like, mind blown. But it's like people still drink themselves into oblivion to deal with their problems instead of taking the time to sit down and process those things that that darkness that they're dealing with. Instead of sitting down and facing those demons, they just drink themselves to death. They eat themselves to death. They scroll themselves to death. You know? And it's like if you start to fix that stuff, and it's like that's one monster to tackle. That's one obstacle to get after. And then you look at something else say, so you know, like I gotta get my finances together. I've got to get my house together. My house in order. Like, okay, I need to get my house in order. And I mean that literally and in the terms of, like, the, the, um, what's the word? The terrible phrase, um, maxim, whatever it is. I don't know. But, like, literally and metaphorically, like, I need to, like, clean up my apartment. I need to, like, make myself look good. I need to get myself to the gym and do all these little things. It's like I need to reflect on the fact that, hey, when I don't take care of my life, my life doesn't take care of me. Okay, and it's like I want to feel like I'm a victim of my biology. I'm a victim of my past. Why am I saying this? I know I feel it, it feels like I'm starting to ramble a little bit. But what I'm trying to say is that. A lot of times it feels like we're being unjustly punished. That's what I'm trying to say, is that it seems like I'm emotionally unstable. I'm dealing with this stuff because The universe is out to get me because I have bad genes, because somebody hurt me early in life and I haven't gotten past that trauma, because I have a mental um, handicap, because I have some kind of um, chemical imbalance in my brain. Right. And it's like it's easy to say, like, it's because of this, that and the other. And it's, it's like those things may be true, but if there's something outside of your control and you're putting your focus on it, there's no point in doing that. Right. If instead you shift your attention to, like, what are all the things that I could do better, right? Like, maybe something did happen to you. Maybe you are chemically imbalanced. Maybe there is something in your, in your genetics, right? But guess what? You're, you still get to control the environment. So it's like, okay, I've got all these things working against me. What can I do to offset that? Can I make myself physically healthy? Can I make sure I get enough sleep? Can I make sure that my spiritual life is good? Can I make sure that I'm reaching out and I have a good support community? Um, like, I, like, what are all the things that I can do to offset that? It's like, at some point, you may need more than that. But if you're not taking the steps that you could take, then what do you want? Like, because I have to judge you and you have to judge yourself based off of your actions. And if your actions are that of a victim, somebody who wants to stay stuck, maybe that's what you want on some level. If you are not doing anything to fix your life except for the things that require no work, you know, it's like, well, I'm going to sit and meditate in my room. I'm going to watch self-help videos. I'm going to journal. I'm going to talk to a therapist. It's like, look, you can do those things. But if you don't take the things that you learn in meditation and you apply that same energy to situations, meditation doesn't matter. If you don't take the, the, the epiphanies that you have in journaling and you apply that to your practical life, it doesn't matter. If you listen to your therapist, you listen to these self-help talks, and you don't apply it to your life and do the work, it doesn't matter. Right? And so, if you are consistently not putting in the work and actually doing anything, you're just, you're not about it. You're just talking about it. You have to be honest with yourself and say, maybe I don't want to get better. Maybe I like, maybe this is my identity. Maybe this is how I see myself. And I, it's scary for me to think of myself as being anything else because if I'm not this, if I'm not hurt, I don't know what I would be. And it seems cliche to say it, but people don't think about this. And it's, it's, it's tough because it's like you've had this problem for so long, the idea of not having it anymore might be scary to you, even if you don't want the problem. And so if that's the issue, what are you going to do about it? You know, And, and I say that rhetorically because you know what you're going to do about it. You know what you need to do. You're either going to make a decision to change or you're going to stay stuck. And some people are listening to this going, oh, yeah, I'm going to stay stuck. You know, on some level, you're going to stay stuck. I can't help that. I can't do anything about that. Some people are saying, crap, you're right. I do need to figure this out. I don't know how that we can work with. That's where you circle back around to the growth mindset. You don't have to know it all. You just have to take the first step. You just have to decide, I want to change, and I'm going to bring that desire into my waking life, and I'm going to try my best. Every single day, that's all I need to do. I'm going to create good structures in my life. I'm going to develop a good social network. I'm going to spend time with positive people who rub off on me in a good way. I'm going to surround myself with people who are emotionally stable because I know that unconsciously I'm going to mirror them. I'm going to mimic them. They're going to have an impact on me. I'm going to choose to get away from those negative influences. I'm going to choose to turn the news off. I'm going to choose to turn off TikTok. Uninstall that stupid app. It's just the Chinese trying to spy on us anyway. It's garbage. Don't get on there. I'm going to you know, spend all my time in productive, in, in productive pursuits. I'm going to start to identify negative thought patterns. <laughs> so I want to start to to become aware of how when I start to feel these emotions, I want to feel, where are they at in my body? What's actually going on? Is it proportional to, to what's going on around me? And it's like, you may have a full blown panic attack and be in, like, I've had this happen to me where I look around, and I'm like, there's no reason for me to be upset. There is no reason for me to be panicking, to be scared of nothing. Like, it doesn't change the fact that internally, I've got an adrenaline rush, my heart's pumping out of my chest and I'm freaking out. I'm going to I'm sweating bullets. And I'm like, why? Like this has happened to me several times last year at work. I was like, what's going on? Like, there's no reason for this. And it's like, well, look, the thing is that there's a lot of things that could be contributing to this. And I'm going to start trying to research them and identify them and work on them but I'm also not going to let this define me. I'm not going, I refuse to let this negative emotion destroy my day. I still made sales while I was having panic attack. And like, it's not It's not comfort. comforting, it's not comfortable, excuse me, but it's like, you have the option of being a victim to your emotions and living in fear of what's gonna come next. And I'm here to tell you from experience, you don't want to do that. Because I used to live like that. I used to be scared that like, oh, man, I'm really terrified that that emotional or that the depression is going to come back. I was scared that depression was going to come back. That's why I started this journey. Because I was, I was horribly depressed for two years straight. And I know what it's like to think about ending it. I get it. I've been there. And I, got, I was fortunate. It was, it was an act of providence that that feeling lifted. And I looked around and I realized I'm terrified of that coming back. Because I know I'm not going to make it through again. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do because I can't control the emotion. That's why I started this journey. That's when I first went to the bookstore and I got a Tony Robbins book. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but this is a personal growth. I got to do something. (laughs) And I didn't know what I picked up. And it was like totally random that I picked up that book. But it changed my life because it gave me strategies. And these are strategies that I've talked about a lot on the show. And like one of the best ones is just look, you're going to have negative thoughts come your way. The best thing that you can do is learn to become very aware of them. And every time they come up, instead of getting sucked into them, you make a conscious effort that you are going to express yourself physically in a positive way. So what I mean by that is like, look, if you're panicking and your body's freaking out and you're having like this adrenaline rush or you're having like you're feeling depression or whatever, if you stand up straight in a dominant position, if you just force yourself to smile to laugh at something stupid. You force yourself to laugh at something, right? You force yourself to, like, take a deep breath, like, you know what? <laughs> I'm, 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 I want to freak out. I'm not going to, though. I'm just going to take a step back. I'm going to laugh about this. Like, it's funny. Like, I'm going to find some humor in it. I'm going to stand up straight, and I'm going to present myself as somebody who's confident and happy. Your unconscious will start to pick up on that. It changes the chemical um, balance in your body. Like your testosterone raises, your endorphins raise, um, your cortisol levels, which is stress hormone, it drops. Like you start, your your adrenaline starts to level out. Like you take control of your physical body. You take control of a lot of the emotional responses, right? And that's one of the most I, I talk about this all the time. That's why this wasn't something I started off with because it's a it's, stunt to death on this show because it's such a prominent thing. But like, in case you haven't heard it, there's a Harvard study that you can look up where they basically stood in power poses and they found out that not only um, does it make you think that you're, you're more confident than you were before you stood in this confident position, the chemical balance in your body changes. Like it's a physical difference that it makes based off of how you choose to use your body language. So if you're dealing with anxiety, depression, rage, whatever, and you force yourself into a calm, relaxed, confident, physical posture, You're going to force your body biochemically to match that. Simple. Very hard to do. But I was terrified of being depressed again because I thought I wouldn't make it. I was like, there's no way I'm going to survive this again. So I was terrified. So I had that motivation. Like, every negative thought that comes up, I don't care. I'm I'm treating it with positive body language. And that takes the emotional sting out of it. Now, it's not going to completely cure it, but it's going to give you enough emotional space to change the thought pattern. Cause it's very hard if you're in a negative emotional state to just think positive thoughts. Like you could think of them, but then it doesn't resonate. Like you're not going to feel happy. What you can do, however, is you can use your body language. Like you start getting stressed out, start getting overwhelmed. Pay attention to your body. Where do I feel this? I feel the adrenaline in my stomach. I feel my heart speeding up. I, and like, what am I doing physically? I'm starting to hunch over. I'm starting to tense up. I'm starting to like fidget with my hands. I'm starting to breathe really shallow. Um, you know, stuff like that. I'm starting to lean a certain way. What would happen if I reversed all of that? I stand up straight. I take deep breaths. I unclench everything that happens to be clenched. I smile. Endorphins immediately. Immediately. If you can make yourself laugh, endorphins. And it's like, it doesn't make it just magically go away and like, oh, I'm suddenly stable now. What it does is it gives you a reliable tool that's going to make it somewhat better. Because every time you're confronted with a negative outburst or emotion, if you know that you can change your body language and change how you feel enough so that you can bring those positive thoughts in, and you can think them and they actually resonate with you, well, you can't think two thoughts at one time. Well, you can't hold two conflicting emotions at one time. So you're going, So if you're able to focus on the positive, you're going to crowd out the negative. Now, of course, if you're focused on the negative and you try to just think positive, it's not going to work because you, you, you're focused on the negative. Like, you have to get your body on board with it, right? Because your body, mind, and spirit need to be working together. But they don't all have to be working together. If you have your spirit, which is your, your will, like, I don't want to be emotional. I don't want to have this outburst. I want to be stable. Okay. But your, your mind and your body are going haywire. Okay. It's hard to control the mind But it's a little bit easier to control the body. I can't just stop thinking negative thoughts. It's difficult to do that. It's really difficult to do that. But I have the spirit, the body, and the mind are working against me. What can I do? I can control the body. And what does that come down to? Self-discipline. We're back to that. We're back to discipline. We're back to self-control. I'm going to force myself to act in a certain way, to act as if I am stable, to act as if I feel okay. Now your your spirit and your body are working together. Your mind will follow. Okay, you've got two out of the three working together. Your mind will start to follow. Now it's much easier to introduce those positive thoughts. Okay, we talked about that. We talked about that. That's really it, guys. Um, there's some more stuff that we could talk about with just what it's like to be out of control. <laughs> I don't think it's necessary, though. I think that those are the most Important points. Um, we can talk a little bit more about how um, emotional instability relates to the the personality trait of neuroticism. I think that that's enough for today's episode, though. Reach out to me if you guys are having any issue with this. I'm, you know, if you want to do some coaching with me, if you just have some basic questions, whatever. Um, support the show. If it's something that you're enjoying, you can subscribe. Um, There's a link on Spotify. Again, I wasn't, I was only half kidding when I said that you should passive aggressively share this with people that you want to like say something to like, you know, maybe send it to your ex or send it to your parents or (laughs) your kids. I don't know. Um, Share the show. It looks great for me and it's going to be funny for you guys, but um, best of luck to you guys. This is a hard thing to deal with. I'm not like if you're still around, like I hope you, You're somebody that has the wherewithal to understand that. Yes, I can be a little bit harsh sometimes. I can be a little bit dramatic. But I do it because I care. I want you guys to get better. I know how difficult it is because I've been through this process. I want to support you. I want to encourage you. I want to motivate you. And I hope that I have done a good job of doing that today. Um, Best of luck to you all. See you soon.